You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. And what we normally do is uh, Wayne and I talk about uh, corporate matters, JSE matters, macroeconomic matters, world matters. And then when all that nonsense is out the way, we talk a little bit about food. But there's also something that we talk about. And it's a name or rather <laughs> a theme that comes up. And the theme is a gentleman by the name of David Shapiro, or as Wayne calls him, just <laughs> Shapiro. You know, it's like it's like Cher. It's like Cher or a or something. Yeah, he's just Shapiro in the eyes of Wayne. So I thought it's only appropriate then that on this last show of the year, we should uh, invite David Shapiro from Sassoon Securities to join us. Welcome, David. Um, I think you know Thank Wayne you. quite well. A long time. <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. Many, many, for a little while, yeah, a few years. Yeah, and yeah. We were talking last week, Wayne gave me a 101 lesson in value versus growth stocks, definitions of the two, which ones were and which ones weren't, what cycle we were in, how they perform, how they should perform, how they are actually characterized as either value or growth. And so we better get some stuff out the way before we talk about the year. And Wayne, one of the things we did speak about last week was Capitec. They've come out with a trading update today, the share price up two and two thirds percent. But I'm going to go straight to David on this one because he's slightly jaundiced when it comes to South African banks. David, Capitec, please. No, I'm not jaundiced when it comes to Capitec, oh. not at all. In fact, uh, it's the one growth story I really like. And I think they've shown everybody up over the years, despite competition trying to get at them and uh, bring them down. And they've just steadily gone along with their strategy and they're improving all the time. They haven't stopped still. And I mean, if you look at the the numbers today, they're outstanding. So I think it's the one its the one bank that has tapped into where South Africa is. They, they haven't got any of the legacy issues that have dragged the other banks down. So I like the growth story. I like where they're going. And, and you know, management are, are, are literally the kind of chaps who roll their sleeves up, appear in open neck shirts, and, uh, you know, they are who they are. I, I like them very much. So, you know, from from a business point of view, I'm very supportive. Yeah, and just before we go to Wayne on, on this one and banks in general, you sent out a tweet the other day and it was something to do, I think it was Standard Bank, and you said they're charging you one Rand 20 for an SMS Me? confirmation. Uh, yeah, that's my tweet, yeah. yeah that was your tweet. Yeah. And I think yeah. you said, uh, yeah. it's, it's you know, things must be getting a bit desperate for them to just mm. eke out a little mm. bit extra mm. by by charging something that really should be free. Yeah. Yeah, I get very angry when they do that because what they do is they attract you into a product and then down the line they chip away at the promises they made. And I, I find that, you know, that, that upsets me. And what happened, how it happened is that I send confirmations of people that I pay and I send them SMSs or your messages. And all of a sudden they wiped out all my contacts. You know, all, all the numbers. Mm. <laughs> so you have to reload them. And the reason I reload them is say, please understand that if you do this again, we're going to charge you one rand 20. I said, thank you very much. You know, I pay enough. I've got a lot of lazy money there, etc. Why do you have to charge me one twenty? You must be scraping the barrel trying to look for money, yes. you know, if you're going this low. So that's my view. I, I, I don't like when banks start to do these kind of things and dig and delve uh, you know, for, for, for little bits here and there. So, 
Okay. Uh, from my point of view, it's uh, you know just just makes me angry. Okay, you got that off your chest. What is your reaction to that, Wayne? Because <laughs> you're a fan of the banks. Well, I've got a couple of things to say, yeah, Lindsay. Okay. First of all, <laughs> all right. <laughs> the reason why we got Shapiro to come on this program with us yes. is we were tired of talking. <laughs> Not at all. And with Shapiro around, you don't have to say anything at all. You just let Shapiro go off the air and yeah. you can keep quiet and relax for half an hour. Well, you know what the I've done. The second reason is, as you said, yeah. last week we were discussing value and growth. Mm -hmm. And we decided we would get the biggest growth investor in the world on the program with us. And that's Mr. Shapiro. That's him. And earlier on, Earlier on, David was talking about the chaps at Capitech with open neck shirts and that. I've never seen Shapiro in any formal occasion in an open neck shirt. It's always a tie <laughs> with a little pin, little gold pin. He's very dapper. Well. He's very natty. He's a, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a very trendy chap, Shapiro. Very dapper, very, very trendy. He's, he's a natty dresser, he's a natty, mm -hmm. natty dresser. So what's, what's the question you asked me again? Uh, you see, now you're talking too much. I mean, I just, I just back mm -hmm. on uh, David's propensity to talk. And it's always good stuff as well. It always combines good research with you oh, know, totally, a, yes. a bit of anecdotal stuff. But I've been sitting here in my little studio and I've needed to go to the bathroom and the bathroom's next door. I'll say, David, what do you think of this? And then I nip to the bathroom yeah, and Chris Washman come back and he's still in full flow, which, is, which I love. He's still carrying on. You can even go, after you've finished in the toilet, you can even go get yourself a cup of tea and a biscuit and come back and you'll still be talking. <laughs> uh, the question was your view on the banks. I mean, we, you, I, I think you both like Capitec, but Wayne, the so-called ex-Big Four that have been part of your portfolios for, for ever since I've been speaking to you, you're still keen. What do you think about the analysis of David about them scrimping and scraping with the one round 20 well, SMS fee? They've, they've, they've been on this uh, fee uh, fee charging uh, story for a sustained time period because they want to get away from margin. Mm. They want to get so-called annuity income and they're pushing the fees uh, to try and get away from the more volatile type of um, interest margin earnings. Yeah, but you mean, look, at the end of the day, we rely on capitalism to keep everyone in check. So if one bank up the fees too much, yes, you know, you can go to another bank. And, you know, there are plenty, plenty, plenty of studies done of comparative fees between the banks. I mean, I actually think that uh, all of this FICA and all of the stuff that you've got to prove who your grandmother was when you want to open up a bank account, I think it's, it's almost the unintended consequences. It's just too much admin to change banks nowadays. I mean, it just drives mm. you insane. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, and I'm going to name a company now and uh, quite frankly, I don't, I'm not too worried about the consequences. It's normal. But I, Vodacom, I wanted to get a little uh, data set, you know, a little dongle at my garage in Kaya Sands. Mm -hmm. Now, I run it through a company, so it's a business, but it's only my own private cars. I, you know, I don't <laughs> do any work on anyone else's cars. They're only my own cars. But I run it through a company. So I found Vodacom, and I said, I've got a company, and I want a data set. You know, a data feed, a, a dongle. And it was like 180 or 200 rand a month. Now, I've been with Vodacom since 1994. Yes. You know, my accounts paid every month by debit order. I mean, I've been there for decades now. Mm -hmm. And 
the amount of hoops I had to jump through and credit approval and everything on a company to try and get. And data's thing, data package per month out of Vodacom. I supplied financial statements for three years. I had to give bank statements for three months. I had to sign director's declarations. And it took forever. I mean, it must have been two or three weeks and 10 emails later and fill in this form and fill in that form. Eventually, I gave up. And I got one in my own private name that took less than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It is astonishing sometimes the amount of admin you've got to do just to do the simplest thing. So I think, unfortunately, even though I said, you know, there's lots of you think your bank's fees are too high. It's, there's almost a disincentive to change banks because of all the forms and the regulations and the compliance that you've got to go through with it. But I mean, as, as Mr. Shapiro tweeted the other day as well, he's sitting at the office, 10 minutes investment work. 50 minutes internal audit and compliance. Yeah. And is it because of money laundering or is it just to keep up uh, to keep up with the paper chain that's going on overseas? I mean, but they I will definitely know. they'll definitely say you you know, we've got to be how we've, many, got, we've how got to many, protect I mean, people. Lindsay, quick question hmm. for you. Yes. Before I stop in now and then I'll stop waffling. How <laughs> many people, how many criminals do you know who were caught through the FICA Act? I don't know any criminals. How um, many have made headlines in the newspaper because they were caught on FICA? I don't know. The only, I'm not the, sure there's too many of them. No, there's, the only criminality the, I know fact, is, 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 just before uh, you go on, David, occasionally when I right. go to my local, local supermarket, there will be something, I, I need to buy three or four chilies, okay? And if you weigh them, the, the, the machine doesn't pick up because they're, they're so light, so I put them in my pocket. That's as close to criminality that I get. I don't know any gangsters like you two do. Um, but anyway, maybe, David, you could answer the question. How <laughs> no, many? Shapiro. Shapiro <laughs> knows all the gangsters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they have coffee with him at Melrose Arch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Shapiro knows all the gangsters. Boy. But you, Lindsay, you know, mm. you talk about every day we hear about some poor old lady or old man yes. who was caught on a scam, um, you know, paying where they've uh, hacked into the credit card and so on, and they never catch them. You never hear. Ask the bank how many people they catch. No yes. one. And yet we go through all these – in the old days, and Wayne will attest to this, when I was sitting on the floor and my mate phoned, Lindsay Williams phoned and said, you know what, I like Capitec, buy me 100, I say, with pleasure, Lindsay. Yes. Um, and I would fill out a little form, Lindsay Williams, Middleburg in, in uh, the Netherlands, blah, 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 mm. and uh, I would buy you the shares. We would load the account on, and within seven days you'd pay for it as – and and I knew it was Lindsay Williams because yes. that's my whole business was around know your client. And I knew my client. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. I would be very circumspect about anybody who phoned. And, yes, we would go through the various kind of channels. But uh, we did business. We never had issues like this. Yeah, sometimes people never pay <coughs> because they never had the money, whatever it is, and we chase after them and so on or sell them out. But um, today it is takes weeks. As Wayne said, you want to try open an account today. Uh, a private account, as, as, as Wayne did, was fine. But when you put on a trust or you put on a, a, a company, you cannot believe what we have to go through. It is the biggest, what it does do, and, and Wayne alluded to it, is what it does do, it makes the cost of entry very, very high in our industry. Because 
if somebody offered me a job and said, listen, you know, do you want to join us at this fancy salary? I said, not on your life because I'm not going to move my clients over. I'd rather die than have to go through filling forms out again. I do so remember, da- is- I do remember David and Wayne, um, the, in, in the old days when I used to work on a trading desk, we'd all get together in the morning, we'd have a chat and say, well, we quite like this one, let's have a punt on it. So you'd phone up your stockbroker and say, mm-hmm. okay, so it's a Monday morning. Um, we're not going to hold it. We're going to get out by Thursday or, or something. So you didn't have to pay for it you just pay the difference either a profit or a loss that used to happen quite a lot as well doesn't it what was it t plus three or something uh, Wayne? I, I can't remember David, yeah. yeah 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 so Look, you could I mean, do what, that what shapiro forgot yeah. what what shapiro forgot to mention when he said his friend Lindsay phoned him and said buy a hundred capitec shares and you pay in seven days time is that shapiro would automatically take that hundred capitec order uh-huh. Short it in the market, wait for the price to fall, buy it at a lower price, invoice you at the price that you, when the, oh. at the price that when you phoned, invoice you at that price. Then if the price went up, you'll say, oh, Lindsay, I was late in placing the order and you buy it at the higher price. Oh. Wayne, you know what Wayne, you say. come on what now. You say, no, Wayne has got, <laughs> you have no idea what we unpacked. And, and Wayne is 100%. I know you're saying a tongue-in-cheek, but yes, you have no idea what used to happen because, Lindsay, what happened in those days, and I, in fact, mentioned in an interview there, I said we are 100 times more efficient today because in those days you could do exactly that. You only had to book the order out at the end of the day. Yeah. So you had so many skellums who would trade on clients' orders. Uh, there, there are hundreds of stories. And Wayne was in at the institution, so he knew. He knew exactly what was happening Along the way, well, was there was quite a famous chap, well, quite an infamous mm. chap, of mm. course, that went to jail because of that. We don't need to mention his yeah. name or the institution yeah. Yeah. concerned, yeah. Yeah. but that was yeah. one of the most visible ones. But I would imagine at a yeah. lower level, yeah. with less amounts of money involved and less high, high profile institutions involved, that that was going on Which all the time, a, David. Hmm? I, I had a gentleman at one point of my time, which I'm not going to mention, mm-hmm. uh, this was. He would sit next to me, and he was very close to certain institutions down in the Cape. Yeah. And uh, he would buy stock. If it, if it went against him, he would phone his friend down at the institution and say, listen, I bought you 100 kluf <laughs> last night, and say, okay, we'll take it on the book. You know what I mean? So the oh, institution really? would carry it. No, you have no idea what we you – have, you have, you know, the stories that we went through in those days. So what Wayne says – uh, is 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 100% true of, of the kind of... And there was no way of capturing them. You know, there's no way, simply because the systems didn't allow it to happen. You know, they didn't allow... Uh, you couldn't... There was no audit trail. You know, it, we, we dealt in scraps of paper. Yes, and Wayne, uh, were you we ever... Had, mm. Wayne, were you ever on the floor of the uh, of Diagonal Street or were you always a desk man? No, I've, I've never been... I've, I've never been... I went on the floor once, mm. but I've never been a, a, a stockbroker. I mean, I've, I've I've never traded directly on the floor. No. Okay. So I've but, never sat at a trading desk. But you obviously interacted with the people that were the traders that used to pass pieces yes. of paper uh, etc. Generally speaking, you must remember that generally speaking, the traders were people like Shapiro, and you try to stay clear of them as much as possible. Quite right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice to go for a drink with, but you don't want to really be seen down the country club with him. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, okay, gentlemen, let's get, <laughs> uh, let's get rid of that theme now and start talking about uh, well, it will include the banks on this way, because what is your opinion on higher inflation and higher interest rates when it comes to banks margins and banks profits? Because we had CPI data coming out of South Africa today at yes. a higher than expected five and a half percent to the towards the upper end of the three to six percent South African Reserve Bank band. And we also had PPI coming out on the same day because of tomorrow's holiday coming in at nine point six percent. Undoubtedly, there's going to be two or three more interest rate rises should this continue. The first one will be yeah, in well, probably in January. Is that good or bad for banks? Look, initially, it's quite good for banks because they carry a lot of, let's call it idle money. Mm. on their balance sheet and they earn more interest on it. So surprisingly enough, in the shorter term, it's very, it's actually very good for banks' earnings. But longer term, it's negative because higher interest rates means less borrowings and ultimately banks make their money on that interest margin, even though that, as we spoke about earlier on, they're trying to push fees as hard as possible. But ultimately, they want to lend money out or they've got to lend money out to make money. Just on the inflation, I mean, we probably get another higher figure for December, um, maybe even getting close to 6%. Yes. And then it should stay more or less at a high level for, I don't know, four or five months, maybe a bit longer. And then it's going to fall quite quickly. So, I mean, inherently, South Africa hasn't got an inflation problem. Because the inflation that we've got is actually all imported inflation. In other words, it's it's dollar pricing various assets and of course it's fuel. I mean, of the of the month on month increase for November, eighty percent of it was the fuel price increase. Eh? Mm-hmm. So if fuel hadn't have increased, you know, the month on month inflation figure would have been point one percent which is, you know, times that by 12, you know, you just get over 1.2% annualized month-on-month inflation, which is nothing, you know, which is which is truly nothing. So South African inflation depends on what the RAND does. And more or less, I think the RAND's done its thing that's weakened enough and the oil price. But of course, of far more importance, of absolute critical paramount importance is USA inflation, not South African yeah. inflation. So what you're saying is that we should step out. Lindsay, so the, the, a, the core inflation, sorry, okay. David, let me just make this point and you can comment upon it. Uh, core inflation should be the one you look at, which strips out the volatile energy and food prices. Is is, is that what you're saying, Wayne, before we go to David? Yeah, it's about 33 or 3.6% core inflation. Yeah, okay. That's a very good point, It's David. also up, eh? Make no mistake. Mm. Food did go up, but core inflation, uh, to be honest, I don't know the answer as to which one you've got to look at. you actually got to look at both. Mm. All right. David? The worry in, with inflation, the big worry, as long as the headlines push out that inflation is going up, it becomes embedded in the mind of a consumer and wage earners. And that, that's the danger. So if you keep saying, you know, if you keep hearing that inflation is going up, then of course, if you're a trade union or even if you're a, a salaried earner and you're negotiating your salary in that, you start to believe that inflation is going to be there at these levels, and you want to build it into um, you want to build it into your to your earnings. Uh, the same thing applies if you're going to enter a rental agreement. So when they talk about you know the worry of inflation becoming embedded or become you know expectation inflation expectations, that's the issue, and I think that's the big worry to me. And I'm giving you know that's my big worry in in the U.S. That you know that that if it continues at this pace and uh, consumers believe that 
that this is going to be not temporary, that it's going to be embedded, then, you get, then you're in trouble because you're going to get a whole lot of different wage demands uh, down the way. And, that, you know, that's, that's what they've got to try and combat against. Whether they can, I don't know. But that's the way. Then it's then it's in the system, and then you're in trouble. It's in then the system. Get, uh, yeah. mm. It's just just a quick question of which uh, which of the central banks breaks ranks in the developed world. Mm. We've already had a couple. I think um, New Zealand started it, raising rates there. Uh, we've just had a five point one percent CPI print in the United Kingdom, for example. I mean that's that's unheard of. That's double what it was two or three years ago. Uh, so that's important. I think the Bank of England will probably be the first, unless the Fed really surprises us tonight. But the BOE will do. I'm fairly certain of that after today's number. And also the fact that uh, gas prices in Europe have risen something like 400% this year. I'm going to say gas, and not like an American gas, natural gas to, you know, to turn you, to turn you, to to boil an egg with, that sort of gas. So anyway, right, I think we've got everything out of the way, gentlemen. Um, Now we have to talk about um, the the year that's just gone by and highlights and lowlights. Wayne, we, we speak every week and we'll talk about food later, but... Um, I asked David yesterday on another show about his highlights, and he said um, the transition to electric cars and that uh, inexorable momentum towards uh, the lack of um, uh, normally aspirated cars like, like the ones you like. Uh, maybe you want to comment on that. Is that, is that uh, you probably don't like it because you're a petrol head, but it, 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 is a, it has been a theme, hasn't it? Yes, look, I mean, there's a couple of perspectives you've got to have on electric cars. They, 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 yeah, and it's they, they are only going to take over. So in, I don't know, five years' time, you won't be able to buy a new internal combustion engine. No. Personally, I think electric has still got to answer one problem, and that's battery life and charging time. I don't think we're there yet. But I think that that will come. Personally, I, I don't understand why the hybrid isn't more in the front because there you've got unlimited mileage because you just put in with petrol to, you know, to, to charge your, 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 uh, your battery. And an internal combustion engine that's tuned to perfection and designed only to run at a specific rev, giving a specific torque output is actually highly efficient. Why a petrol engine causes pollution is it's, it's got to go from idle to 5,000 revs, back to idle, back to 5,000 and stopping and starting going. So, but anyway, let's put that, let's put that aside. Electric cars are coming. Mm. Now, at the moment, there's about 100 million new cars sold every year, and I doubt whether electric vehicles are more than 1 million or maybe 2 million. They will soon become 100 million of the 100 million, but there's still 1,3 billion internal combustion engines out there. And even if you replace them all, it takes 13 years to get rid of internal combustion engines. So, you know, it's going to happen. It's happening and there's no stopping it. But it'll probably take a little longer than what you think, where you only got electric electric, or some sort of non-internal combustion engine on the road. Because, you know, maybe hydrogen's the answer. Maybe electric in five years' time will be a thing of the past. You know, maybe it'll be hydrogen cell uh, or, or, you know, um, uh, uh, fuel cell technology, or maybe even an internal combustion engine using hydrogen, because that, you know, there your byproduct is water. And hydrogen engines are incredibly efficient, and hydrogen is dirt cheap. The problem with hydrogen is it explodes, and you don't know how to store it and transmit it and put it in pipes and put it in your tank without blowing up. But, you know, the moment you can store hydrogen in an inert state in some other medium, 
you know, maybe the future is hydrogen because there's no shortage of hydrogen anyway. So, yeah, so we mean we don't know that it will definitely be battery electric that will take over, but the fossil fuel internal combustion engine days are numbered and are declining every year. And that's also just on a slightly aside, aside topic. Cannot understand why OPEC wants to get, keep the petrol or the oil price so high because they're only hastening their own demise. They should actually try and make it as cheap as possible because I went and filled up my, my car the other day from, it was, uh, it was admittedly zero kilometer on the, on the range. So it was totally empty. Yeah. And I paid a thousand four hundred and sixty odd rand to what? fill up the tank. What car is now, what, what, one of your, one, one of your fancy motors? No, 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 no. This is a, this is a, this is not an old classic car. This is, it's a modern car. Well, not modern. It's eight years old, six mm. years old. And mm. um, it's a diesel turbo. So it's actually very light on petrol on, on fuel. But the point is that you get sick of putting that amount of money into your tank. Now, when this one gets a bit old and I want to change, it'll hasten my move to electric. Because okay. it's so expensive. But you won't be able to. You, you can't tell me. And I'm sorry, David. We're going on about electric. Maybe ah, bring ah, bring ah. you in here. I cannot see a lot of uh, electric charging stations being put on every street in South Africa. And I'm not being nasty. But if they can lift up railway tracks and take them home and melt them down, then the criminal element of South Africa are going to take these things and say, fantastic. Yeah, look, yeah. look that's, that's one of the big negatives yeah. on elect electric. I mean, take America. If tomorrow every car in America was electric, they'll have to at least double the amount of electricity produced. But far more importantly, they would have to probably triple the distribution network to get, mm -hmm. because to get that, to, to charge up your car in any reasonable time period you could have a thick cable coming to your house eh? mm -hmm. it's not a, it's not household cable that goes in there yeah. that takes that takes 15 hours to charge your car if you want to charge in 20 minutes you've got to have a monster coming in so but look look it's coming but just to come back to your thing and i heard the on the interview yesterday with the minister of of, of, of transport i went on a train drive two weeks ago from durban to Johannesburg and the state of Transnet, you, you can't even imagine what it's like. First of all, I spent two and a half days on the train. Now, admittedly, we were off the train for a bit and we obviously slept at nighttime on the train, etc., etc. But three other trains passed us on the Joburg Durban main line. Three trains passed us in three days. To travel from going Durban. The other way, yeah. Well, whichever way, three uh, three trains came past us. Three on the what should be the busiest train line in South Africa. Yeah. Second thing is between Durban and Cato Ridge, which is the, the sum total of forty odd kilometres. We stopped twenty three times where the driver was waiting to get permission to use the track. And you know how they get permission to use the track. They phone some sort of central agency on their cell phone because the signal system is non-existent. <laughs> the train driver's phoning some control room somewhere on his cell phone to get permission to go through a switch or to go onto another track to make sure it's clear. That's the state of transit. Every single station you went to is ran you, you, you went through on the train is ransacked. Yeah. And it's not only ransacked, there's not a person there. There's no passengers, there's no one offloading goods, there's no one picking anyone up. There's nothing, it's deserted. Now, you, you cannot even imagine 
what the state of that infrastructure is like. And David, this begs the question, why was Wayne McCurry on a train between Durban and Johannesburg? What was he doing? He went there for the food. Well, on the train? The, the tra- on the train food, yeah. Mm. I remember going on Rovos Rail a few, <laughs> a, a few, when I was in South Africa. I went on there two or three times. It's owned by a chap called Rowan Foss. And the story was uh-huh. that he he wanted to take his family on on you know fancy mm. railway holidays and he couldn't do it so he bought his own he bought his own uh, rolling stock and uh, well, locomotive yeah. and everything and then he turned that into Rovos Rail and it was it was really excellent but but Wayne it, it it's yeah, I I live in the Netherlands and it's a great public transport uh, network but I don't think you can have a, a, a country without an efficient um, public transport network in order to get to, to get its economy pumping at its full capacity. It's so, so it's, important for trains and buses and trams and everything else. The one, yeah, the one positive thing about Transnet State is that if you get the private sector involved, yeah. there's no legacy There's no legacy systems there. You can implement the best whatever you want to because there's yeah. nothing left there. You, you're what? almost yeah. starting from scratch. There's, there's, there's no legacy yeah. system to take over there. The tragedy of what Wayne is saying is is what we're reading coming out of the coal and uh, all the other mining companies uh, that's coming out of the iron ore businesses and so on. But just the state of Transnet and how it's holding back progress. And it's, it, it really is a tragic situation because it was never like this. And the fact that we've allowed to deteriorate and allowed to uh, let it decay, and particularly as Wayne says about the stations you know they just derelict having been absolutely ransacked anything that could be removed has been removed Mm. and for me that you know that's a tragedy and to actually rebuild that is going to take billions and billions of rands and it's it's you know it it is a very efficient way of transporting uh, goods yeah Uh, no what i mean it should be and and the system was there and and you you know the former government had laid down the system simply to get troops and and armaments you know to to strategic areas so the infrastructure was there uh, the airports were there the uh, harbors were there all of this was there and uh, for other reasons and it's just been just absolutely destroyed and I don't know what the cost of rebuilding South Africa's infrastructure is going to be. Trillions. But, it, you know, it was a great thing. I mean, you know, to, to actually catch the blue train down to Cape Town, yeah. you know, was always was, – was, was, that's why I say when you say you, you'd go on and uh, eat the food on the trains and, and enjoy just this relaxing way of, of, of traveling. Um, it's, you know, it, it really can be a, a fantastic holiday. But, I mean, if it's in this kind of state where you have to stop every few minutes and the train driver has to use his cell phone to make sure he doesn't bash it, another, well, we're taking it to a new level. That, you know? Yeah, way down. Wayne, um, we, we talked about uh, David's theme of the uh, the electric um, car and the way it's going to potentially transform the way we all drive and car sales and uh, certain car companies' fortunes. Uh, what, what would you look back at in 2021 and say, okay, uh, maybe it'd be covid maybe it be um i don't know the uh, demise of certain companies that haven't kept up with um digitalization what, what, what have you liked well look i'm not nearly as intelligent and as eloquent as as david is i mean david shapiro is unique he stands alone so but look I'll, i would look back and say two things i said number one 
by and large, economically speaking, and maybe even socially speaking, we've put this virus behind yeah. us now. No matter how many more times it uh, takes, no matter how many, I think it's behind us now. As we said by this in large, March. We said this in March of this year. There was a woman in Coventry in the United Kingdom. She received the first vaccine in the world. And everyone said, and David Shapiro is one of them, as soon as we get a vaccine, everything's fine. Nonsense. It's not fine. I'm hearing the same stories as I was two years ago, one year ago, that everything's going to be fine. It's not. There's 800,000 people are dead in America. Can, uh, go on anyway, Wayne, make your point. on top of it. We can, we Sorry, can, go. we can, we, we, let's see how it goes. But more importantly, I'm going to look back and look at this year mm. as the end of the free lunch. Yes. This is the last, this year was the last year of the free lunch in the equity and the bond market, but specifically in the equity. The last year we've had free lunch for 12, 13 years now, ever long. And this year was the last year of the free lunch. So in other words, you've got to earn your monthly envelopes, you two, by picking stocks and picking asset classes rather than just buying everything because it's going to go up because there's nowhere else to put your money. Is that what you're saying, Wayne? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had the most astonishing, abnormal, I can't think of, of enough words to describe what the last 15 years has been for an equity investor. Hmm. I mean, it, it is so unusual to have this, this such a positive equity environment that's persisted for so long, and you've had tons of free money at money at free money, money at virtually no cost, and only now are we worrying about inflation. You know, previously inflation would have reared its head significantly earlier on it didn't because people were scared after the global financial crisis but now we're seeing it so this is the the last year of of the true free lunch now what the implications are going to be over the next decade maybe even the next two decades i don't know whether it's going to be mildly negative or excessively negative but it's not going to be the same and i think equity returns globally over the next decade could average half of what we've seen, if not if not slightly less than half of what we've seen over the last decade. David? That's not far out. You know, that's um I've even even in these markets, that's why I've always I've always been cautious about setting targets because for me, um and I'm talking in a global sense, I've always wanted to I've always set the bar low. And even if I can get 5 or 6% per annum, I would be very happy with it in an environment where inflation is 2 or 3%. And, uh, you know, it's always been in my mind, the fact that we've got more than that, I've never celebrated it and, you know, crowed. I've just said, well, next year maybe it's going to be 5 or 6 Even now I'm warning clients just, you know, don't, don't, don't expect anything close to what we have seen. And if you go back to where we were, this started with Greenspan taking interest rates down to record levels after the internet bubble burst, uh, which he felt was his way of addressing it, after which we had 9-11, after which we had uh, the global financial crisis, after which we've had the pandemic. You know, all of those have led to these the, the kind of rates that we're seeing now. Uh, Wayne, I was just talking to, to Lindsay yesterday, and I said – as 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 we get on or as I get on, I would love to go back to a level 
you know, to, to a, a situation where you could put your savings and get a real return in interest, you know, be, just, just be able yes. to say, look, I can, I can forecast what my cash flow is going to be. I'm going to put X amount away. I know I'm going to get this. After I pay tax, I'll still have enough money. I'll still get a real return, meaning I'll get a return that's greater than inflation. So I'm actually adding to my purchasing power. There's nothing wrong with, you know, I would love to go back to that instead of having to sit here and kind of scheme and work away to say, you know, where are we going to make money? It has been easier and it's been far, far easier than we thought, you know, when you, if you've bought the right kind of stocks. But I never go into a year expecting that to happen. But uh, um, now, as Wayne says, and correctly so, you're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to, you know, you can't be a little young kid with uh, a CFA and just sit in front of a screen and look at a spreadsheet and think you're going to get get this right. No, it's a lot harder than that. Okay, so you're hankering no, off to... There's one, other thing that, yeah. there's one other thing about this year that I forgot that was a momentous occasion. Go on. It was David Shapiro's... 50th year in the <laughs> I thought that was coming up in February. It's coming, uh, February the 5th. Oh, it's still coming. Yeah, it's still coming. But you wrote a big article about it, David. I thought that I, it happened already. I just already. said that it's coming. No, it's first of February. This is my 50th year. This is my, you know, I've, I've, I've completed 49. I am completing my 50th year. So technically, okay. yes. And that will be on the 1st of February. And, okay. um, and what Wayne says, I've got one day lots of stories about about the going that's on and the kind of environment that we used to to live in. My best was the slide rule. <laughs> I can remember that. The slide rule, yeah. It was, the slide rule was hugely efficient at mm-hmm. estimating. I mean, you can yeah. never get an exact number, but it was yeah. incredibly quick at quick calculations, quicker than yeah. what you could do mentally. Okay. Lindsay not, doesn't know. So I, I do. I remember the slide rule at school, but I don't remember ever using it at work. Mm-hmm. I, I, but but mm-hmm. anyway, okay. Well, D- D- David, hopefully you're planning a bash of some description. Uh, in in in. Uh, you know, it's been killed, man. Why? I was, but but because of COVID, it's been absolutely killed. But you're on top of it. You just, you, both of you have just said, no, nah, it's, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. So on the one hand, you no, say no, it, it, mean, you've, you've squashed it. Nervous. Uh, you, yeah. Please, I'm sure you can get 50 people for your 50th. Absolutely. Oh, certain. No, Select yeah, people. Well, you know. every, you want, I want to do that, but mm. no one's prepared to, to make arrangements. No one's prepared to say, yes, okay, let's book a hall. Let's do this or let's do that. You know, everyone is very, very cautious at the moment, and I don't want to put them in a position where they accept not really wanting to simply because they're nervous. So it's, you know, and, and the trouble is, Lindsay, you never really, you can't say three months down the line, oh, we're celebrating this or something like that. You no, know, true. it's always on the anniversary date that you want to do it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just, we've, we've seen so many anniversaries just pass. Yeah. Anyway, right. well, my dad had a, my dad, on his 50th year in 1983, he had a banquet on the floor, the trading floor of the stock exchange. And, uh, and uh, you know, what, 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 what was interesting is that when I see the mementos today that were given to him, the, you know, the silver trays and the, the coasters and all of that from all the big houses, it just showed you who we were, you yes. know, who South Africa was and how important we were that uh, these big names all came out, you know, to celebrate the, um, my dad's 70th. I mean, 50th, yeah. 50th on the market, yeah. Today, what do I get? I'll get Wayne and Lindsay 
and Simon Brown and Julieta, and then we could probably only give Shapiro like a muffin or something, because otherwise yeah, we get into yeah. trouble for, yeah. you know, for, for, for gifting. <laughs> There'll be a governance issue, yes, exactly. And talking about muffins and banquets and, and things, uh, Wayne, and I explained in my introduction that we talk about food, we have to do that. Uh, I just wanted to tell you, I was I was asking the, David, I was asking Wayne last week, uh, because I don't eat meat, so I was thinking of breaking my meat fast, and I've been offered by a German doctor friend um, two legs of wild boar, he's a hunter, uh, two legs of wild boar, a duck now, Wayne, and, and, and a pheasant, and I've got to go and collect it from Germany on Friday. It's just, oh across, it's just across the border, it's not too far, because he's not coming before Christmas, so I thought, okay, I'll go sure. to you. He's going, he invited me hunting for the day, but I find the whole idea yeah. of killing things uh, abhorrent, um, so, so I'm not going to do are that. You, are you going to go and fetch it on your electric bicycle? Yeah, I'm going to go and fetch it on the train, Wayne. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. And then a taxi race it's just across the border it's, it's nothing so i'm going to do that i haven't yet decided whether to eat it or not or if i just give it away because i've got some meat eating friends here uh, but Wayne, any any developments on, on your um eating front i mean any plans for 10 days time christmas day christmas day the 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 best best christmas day Yes, here we go. Stay at home Quite right. <laughs> with no one else coming, uh-huh. and you cook a rack of lamb. That's it. And you go buy, there's a place in Joburg here that makes the most delicious gammon. You go buy a gammon from them already pre sliced, and you have a couple of roast potatoes and some carrots and some cauliflower and cheese sauce, and then for pudding, you have. Ice cream with chocolate sauce and sprinkled nuts. <laughs> there is nothing better than that. David, I don't know if you'll be sprinkling your nuts on Christmas Day, but all I can say is that you, 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 because of your faith, and your your household will not be will not be celebrating Christmas Day. So you'll just go to Tasha's or something. That's your favourite spot, isn't it? Uh, I, I would, but I, I don't know if I'd go on Christmas Day. Okay. I will have chops and chips. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> now look and listen. Look, 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 Lindsay. Uh, yes. Shapiro's got a table at Shapiro's got a table at Tash's with the name plaque on it. <laughs> yeah. And no one else is allowed you to sit there. I he goes do. there and he buys a nah. packet of chips. I tell you what I would do, Wayne. You know we I, I, I would love to go to um what's it called? Um you know, in Melrose Arch. For an oxtail, for Mr. at Mr. George. Yeah. I've never been to Mr. George. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I would, didn't I didn't would, you go there for the roast beef and dunking sauce? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and and also no, that was Paul's where you get the sandwich, oh, was that Paul's? the roast right, beef yeah. sandwich, and you dunk it in gravy. Yeah, mm. uh, I had they, that I one. That's right. I had that but, one at Paul's. No, but it was but uh, they make they make really really good. Uh, oxtail at uh, Mr. George. Yeah. Okay. That's, that I enjoy, but I can't. It's summer, but still, I can still handle it in winter. It's only been summer for two I days. I can handle eh? it in winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can still handle it. <laughs> well, whatever you do, gentlemen, have a wonderful break, no matter how you <laughs> celebrate it. And thanks so much for your contributions all year. Wayne McCurry mm-hmm. is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. David Shapiro is from Sasson Securities in Johannesburg. And that was Wayne on Wednesday.
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.